With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Jim Duke Radio Network. For we are opposed around the world by a monolithic and ruthless conspiracy. What is at stake is more than one small country. It is a big idea. A new world order. Well, join me. My website is jimdukeperspective.com. You can connect with me right there. You can listen to past podcast archives. You can check us out, the articles that I have uh, written, and uh, you can find out how to listen to the show there. We're on all the different apps. We're on all the different podcasts, all the major ones, uh, and all the little minor ones that have the apps uh, to listen to. You can listen on your favorite one. Subscribe to us. That way you won't miss any episodes. We produce a new episode every week. I don't think we missed any. We might have missed one week in eight years, uh, I think, when I had the you know flu symptoms. But uh, other than that, we're on all the time. So check us out. Listen to new topics and uh, comment and share this stuff with, with your friends. How's it going, Darren? Jim, doing pretty well. Thanks. All right. So every year we, you know, we talk about the Christmas season. It comes up. So it's a relevant topic, obviously. And we've gone into the history of, well, now people are telling me there's no history of that. It's all, it's all made up. The, the history of against Christmas is all made up. It actually was an original Christ, Christian holiday. Christians celebrated it right from the beginning. The trees were brought in for uh, for to celebrate the evergreen creation of life, and the lights were to represent Jesus. You know, and the uh, you know they they have all these justifications to say that Christmas was not pagan, except for the fact that you have no explanation why a tree was picked as the same pagan tree symbolizing the pagan gods. You have no explanation why you decorate them the same as the pagans decorate them. You have no explanation why you have a Yule log, even though Yule means the gods, and you're worshiping um, the Baal gods. You have no real justification why you're putting up lights besides saying that lights, Jesus Christ is the light of the world, we're putting up lights. There's no real correlation with true Christianity except the make-believe justifications. And I'm not going to criticize people this year for doing so. All I'm going to say is that to each their own, but don't try to dismiss the origins, the paganism of it. Mm-hmm. And that's what a lot of people do. They try to say it's not what it is. And the, and they don't want to relate to the paganism, so they basically dismiss the paganism parts of it. And for the pagans that believe, you know, they're not necessarily mis, uh, representing worship of Mithras, I'm sure, or the worship of uh, the sun god. I'm sure that maybe there was origins of that. And none of us mean to really carry that on. I'm sure Christians aren't really worshiping the sun god, and I'm sure pagans aren't necessarily worshiping Mithras. You know, they're celebrating the solstice, the change of the seasons, the the uh, imagery of 
of mourning the the things of life that that are disappearing for the winter and to um, have the rituals to have them come back in the spring. It's it's uh, it's a seasonal thing, and you know you have witchcraft. You have people that do cele- celebrate the eight seasons, and they do celebrate the solstices, and they do have their worship rituals at this time. But outside of that, you know, and outside of the twenty fifth being representation of the Mithras imagery of of the uh, the the Roman gods and Saturnalia with the uh, the, the debaucheries. I had a guy argue with me that Saturnalia isn't what you think it is. It's not debaucheries. It's not worship of, of pagan gods, and you guys are foolish. You don't know what you're talking about. Yet, if you look at the history of Saturnalia, it directly relates to the worship of the Saturn god. And the agricultural god. Y- yeah, right? the agricultural Saturn, yeah. god, Baal, mm-hmm. and, and, mm-hmm. and, and, the, uh, and, and, and Saturn as a god. Mm-hmm. So don't tell me you it's know, not pagan in that aspect. It's you know, like pagan on steroids. But they know? said Saturnalia was made given a bad rap. Yeah, the Celts and the Romans celebrated with debaucheries. What they did was they they uh, they allowed the season to be without fault and legalize all kinds of immoralities. You have all sorts of debaucheries, orgies, drunkenness, anything you want off limits. I mean, on limit, off limits to le- to to condemn for the season in in honor of the Saturn God. But, you know, it's not pagan. It's just that aspect actually extends beyond. But but even to say that it isn't pagan, which it is, is a stretch to the imagination of those that want to try to defend the Saturnalia. But around this season, because the Christians were left out and because the Romans wanted to incorporate the Christians into the pagan festivals to to not separate the pagans because they were trying to Christianize the pagans through Catholicism. They made December twenty fifth the the national traditional day to to honor or recognize the birth of Jesus Christ, which is it isn't. It was the pagan gods at this time, but they extended it to adapt it for Christ. Now, does that sound right to you? Not, Not what I Christian. said, but I mean, does it sound mm-hmm. right to celebrate Jesus on a birth date of pagan gods? Absolutely not. That's like having uh, me being married to my wife and I celebrate my uh, my most recent girlfriend's birthday on her birthday. Yeah. You know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anything she'd feel. That would be... A slap in her face, you know? Well, they say it's you're over-exaggerating. All right, well, here's what it's like. It's like taking an altar to a god, Baal. And as everybody's adorning the, the statue or the, or the idol with gold and silver, right? Mm-hmm. We say, hey, we want to recognize Jesus. So we put a statue next to it. That almost looks the same thing. And we adorn it too and say we're going to honor it as the birth of our God, Jesus Christ. It's almost like that. In reality, it is that. Mm-hmm. Because December 20th. An imitation, 20th, yeah. basically. They're imitating, yeah. But why? Why do they need to? That, that's the, 
That's the question I have. Why do they need mm-hmm. to? Why do mm-hmm. they? Why did Christians feel that they needed to mimic the pagan holidays? They're doing fine on their own without recon. I mean, we don't recognize um, Beltone, a Bel- Beltane, or whatever it is. We don't recognize. We don't want to recognize Halloween. Some Christians do. Uh, we don't recognize the solstices. Why do we have to? recognize the birth of the gods, the sun gods and stuff. And why do we have to say, well, you want, you got your God, let's, let's bring in our God and make it significant. Mm-hmm. But why would you the take date it? That do- What's that? Look at the date that they're doing it on too, December 25th. We know what that date stands for. Yeah, that's yeah. the problem. It's mm-hmm. an occult date. And, and if, if you want to celebrate the birth of Christ, do it more in September where it was most likely the real birth yes. of Christ, because it wasn't in December that we The know research of. I did is most likely, guess what date it would be? September in, 11th. You got it. September 11th, 3 BC. Remember, I've, Satan is the god of this I've world, and he, he hates the Lord Jesus Christ. So what's he going to do? He's going to decimate that birthday as much as he can. So in, in the calendar of 12 months, what is the most notorious evil day of the year that, that they've done to us? September 11th. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's... Yeah, there's some there's some people uh, uh, astrological uh, studies that said there was a uh, a bright star at that time, and uh, it's likely that September 11th could be more likely. It's let's put it this way: it's closer than December 25th, but mm-hmm. because they don't know exactly, they said, "Well, that justifies us for saying let's do it the 25th along with the other gods." My problem is a substitution. Why do we have to substitute? I mean, it'd be mm-hmm. like saying, "Here's an altar. We're gonna we're gonna make a, of a god, uh, and we're gonna call him Baal, but we're gonna call him Jesus." The same altar. I mean, you don't bring Jesus and equate him with the pagan gods. Mm-hmm. But they say it gives glory to Jesus during this time because we're recognizing his birth, and then we could tell people the Savior of the world coming. But then we give them the imagery that's a facade, a false imagery. We give them the imagery of Mary holding the baby. And, that, and, well, and that's a like false a gimmick. Im- yeah, that's yeah. a false image because he's not a baby anymore. Mm-hmm. And the early Christians did not recognize the birth of Christ. They did not make a big... They did at the time, but they didn't make a, a, a annual celebration of the birth of Christ. They more recognized the resurrection because that was their salvation. They didn't recognize the birth. They didn't come together and have a Christmas day. That came with Catholicism during the pagan years. But early Christians actually, or later Christians actually banned it. And it wasn't until the Dutch came here and in the 1800s they resurrected the, the birth the birth date of Jesus on the 25th and, um, and, and reestablished that tradition. And they didn't stop it at that point. But at one time it was banned from the United States for Christians. Mm. And, wow. you know, and this, it's, it, this says something to us that, you know, now it's fashionable again. And, you know, I mean, let's put it this way. Some Christians will say, well, any day that glorifies Christ is great, but how do you glorify Christ with a honor of a birthday that's not his birthday? How, how do you exactly. honor Christ with equating him with other gods? 
or Yuletide, the gods, the log of the gods, and 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 the fertility worship with the with the mistletoes and the and the evergreen with the decorations of the uh, the pagans. How is that honoring Jesus Christ when all of a sudden he's pushed out of the whole thing, all for the festivities, the gatherings, the getting together, exchanging of gifts, and then in in the corner of their eye, they're saying, oh, but it's all about Jesus and his birth to remember. Yeah, maybe they go to a, a, a feast or a, a church service in honor of remembering Jesus, the birth, and they give the story for those that don't know it. It's a good time to do that, but you don't have to decorate your house with pagan ador- decorations to do that, right? After researching, I found that every single thing associated with Christmas is pagan. For instance, like gift giving, uh, the image of Santa, Satan, Santa, I mean, how obvious is that? Christmas carols, uh, kissing under the mistletoe, um, like decking the halls with, yeah. with holly and uh, yeah. Holly is the Holly else. of Hollywood, which is the, Hollywood, which is the occult um, magic. Uh, the tree that they use, the timbrel tree, whatever it is, can't remember the name of it. That they use for magic wands and things like that. You so, have to change your thinking. Yeah, yeah, but mm-hmm. you know, like I said, if people want to celebrate it, like. I know people that have dinners. I, I go to dinners. I, people invite yeah, me over for dinner. I don't wish mm-hmm. them a Merry Christmas, and I don't really uh, recognize, I don't even recognize the birth of Christ on that day. I just go and have mm-hmm. a good time with a traditional meal that we have at this time. But I don't like yep. to call it anything. I guess it's Festivus for me. Festivus for the rest of us. Now, I remember... <laughs> As an early Christian, and you know, we used to scorn people that didn't recognize Christmas. I used to. Yeah. yeah, and we used to say, "How dare you bring Christmas back?" But the thing is, is we want to bring Christ back into Christmas. And now I'm the opposite. I don't want to bring Christ into this because it was never about Him meaningfully in the beginning. So I don't mm-hmm. want to adopt something that is not. So therefore, I'd rather not have. Christ involved. Have the pagan worship. We'll just eat the dinner with them. Yep. You know, with the with happy the, holidays. Happy yeah. holidays. Yeah. Have, have a you know. happy holiday. And I'm have fine a happy if people. Pagan holiday. <laughs> yeah, but I'm fine yep. if people want to celebrate a pagan holiday at this time. I think they have more right to do it than Christians. Um, and I I think that um, Christians that want to still have the festivities don't have to go all out and put up all the the. The uh, the lights that are synonymous with those those cultures, they don't have to decorate a tree just because other people are doing it and made it tradition. Mm-hmm. You don't have to do it. Mm-hmm. You know, we, I don't. Root, we don't. You know, I don't either. Yeah, it's a big hassle and yeah. Well, plus I don't I don't like the imagery. It doesn't mean nothing to me. Mm-hmm. You know, people say, well, get into the season. Well, what's the season? It's just a season. It's it's meant to be a, it's a solstice or something. But, you know, if, if I'm going to use this holiday, though, people do have an inclining towards wanting to hear the gospel. But, you know, in all reality, people don't really care about the gospel anymore. They don't care about the baby Jesus. It's a nice imagery. 
to give a picture this time, and they feel a little bit more pious at this time to have an eye or an inkling towards Jesus, at least recognizing him at this time, and then they go back to their regular lifestyles after this. It's nice, but I think that Christians could take an opportunity for it. There's nothing that says you can't. I think Christians can use this to tell the significance of what they have a perception of about the birth of Christ and use it to catapult them to recognize the gospel. You can use it, but you don't have to be like them to do it. Mm -hmm. You don't have to celebrate a Christmas holiday and have trees and stuff to do that. I talk about Christ uh, every day, if I can, and I talk about the birth of Christ at this time because it's when most people are more open to knowing or hearing what it's about. So, you know, we could go into that, but, you know, there's there's something to say about even why Jesus was, the baby Jesus was w- wrapped in swaddling clothes. There's an article here that says that the Spirit of God and the birth of Jesus, the Spirit of God who came in human f- flesh is, is the focus, and uh, there's a point that the Son of God was wrapped in swaddling clothes. St- strips of cloth often gives to, uh, used to give newborn children a sense of comfort. And there's an author of a book that says that there are spiritual level of parables, and Jesus spoke exclusively in parables most of the time um, because the entire Bible is more than a historical historical record. It's broadcasting additional spirit-filled messages for those who have ears to hear. And I think what he's trying to do is relate. He relates being wrapped in swaddling clothes, it says in Luke 2, 7, that this is a sign. So as they're lying in the manger, as he's lying in the manger, the shepherds were instructed to go to Bethlehem and they were instructed what to look for, the baby wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in the manger. It was a sign, right? Mm-hmm. So it was a sign for them to connect the dots. It's a prophetic sign. And we have to remember, though, that Jesus didn't exist just at that moment, but he did exist. He did not exist before that as a human. First, this is, this is Jesus... The first time is a human baby. He is the everlasting spirit being who's always existed. All things were made through him, John 1.3 says. And Colossians says that the invisible uh, thing attributes are seen through him. And um, The invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood right. by the things that are made, even as eternal power and Godhead were there without excuse. Exactly. So mm-hmm. There you go. But it was the first time that he appeared in human form. And this was prophecy because it says uh, in Isaiah that he would appear God with us in human form. But it's possible that the swaddling clothes is a symbol of being his divinity or his divine child wrapped up in a metaphor of human flesh. Right? Could be, Mm -hmm. right? I'd give him that. Absolutely. And he says that uh, 
he left his, sp his spirit existent to become something that physically can be touched and felt. Oh, we know this from Scripture, John 1. We felt him, we seen him, we touched him. That's what it means. So the, clo the, the swaddling cloths could represent being covered. And, you know, God covers a spirit. Um, and, you know, all darkness is, of the flesh is covered. And as, as Jesus was covered, he, um, our, our darkness is, is covered by God's light. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So I guess there's different indications that we can, we can, you know, draw from it. But the whole point is that he came as a humble baby in a manger mm -hmm. and he had no place of his own. He had to go, they, he had to be born in Bethlehem because the counselor, the governor ordered all people to go back to their original homes, their original home towns, so he, they could do a census or a consensus. Is that what that's called? Consensus? Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> so that's why he was drawn back to uh, to the manger. I think he had no place to go. They had to birth him in the manger, in, in, in the barn or something, right? Mm -hmm. Right. Actually, they say it might have been a cave rather than like a manger, like hay. Yeah. Well, but either anyway, way, it was a it was a hay bed. It was a bed of hay. Right. It wasn't it wasn't yeah, in yeah. a nice luxurious hotel in a nice crib or anything. No, it wasn't the Hilton or yeah. right because he was humble. He was born humble with nothing, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and um, the swaddling cloths wrapped with that symbolizes that it's God and His humanity. He who humbles himself will be exalted. Yeah, God was made man. In that, not that God is man, but God presented Himself as man through Jesus. Mm -hmm. And this is significant because He had to be born, because we needed a perfect sacrifice to, for the remission of sin. And this is where people don't realize that you're not saved by your works. You're not saved because you've done some good deeds. You don't wrap up the good deeds. You're not saved because you never murdered anybody. You know, you ever hear that one? Mm -hmm. People say, well, I'm a good person. I've never killed anybody. And that's then you probably one of the, that's that? probably one of the Satan's biggest lies is he weighs the good to the bad. As long as your good weighs, outweighs your bad, that's probably one of the Satan's biggest lies right there. Well, that's called the Egyptian scales. Mm-hmm. The Egyptian scales were weighing your good against your bad, but how do you know how much bad you have to weigh against your good? How how do you tally up to the good to know how much you did? Mm -hmm. It's like karma. Karma is a scale of balances too. It's a it's a scale of works. How many works do you need to do to pay your karmic debt from your past life? Yeah. How do you don't know because you don't know what you did in your past life, mm -hmm. right? Good point. If you were Adolf Hitler, I guess if you don't kill somebody, you did better than him. 
right? Mm-hmm. But if, if, if you're a Mother Teresa, I guess you're in trouble because you never gave to any orphanages. You never served in any orphanages. orphanages. Yep, and the problem with that is good works doesn't remove your sins. Only the shedding of blood, there is no remission, God says. So it's the precious blood of Jesus Christ, which is the only thing that will remove your sins. So Yeah, so he, he gave us a picture before Christ. He gave us a picture. This was the Old Covenant picture, Old Testament as we call it. The Old Testament has the picture. It was the shadow of the atonement that would be sent for all mankind. But for the temporary atonement, God's people were instructed, the chosen uh, tribes of his were chosen to give a picture to the world of what the remissions of sins would look like. And what they did was every year the high priest would sacrifice a lamb or sacrifice an animal on behalf of the people's sin, right? Mm-hmm. And that would be an atonement, but that was a temporary atonement in in foreshadow of a permanent one. And then he was prophesied that the covenant is not good enough and that Jesus Christ would come or his son would come, God would come to us and give us a perfect sacrifice. Jesus became that perfect sacrifice uh, as God himself in human form, wrapped up in human form in order to be born and then live a life to full maturity until he can be designated to be the perfect sacrifice for man after proving he he was sinless and he was taken by the governor on uh, behalf of the Jewish leaders to call for his crucifixion. And that fulfilled prophecy because his crucifixion as his sacrifice on the cross as the Lamb of God would actually resurrect him after his burial, death burial, he would be resurrected. And that resurrection proves that God was satisfied with his offer. And anybody that looked onto him at this point had faith in him, would be eligible for the remission of sins. It would, it would be like your good works don't save you. You can't do enough in the flesh to, to be good, but you can look upon the one that's perfect sacrifice, trust in him and follow him, and, uh, and that's your relationship as he gives you a down pay- payment of the Holy Spirit to prove that you're sanctified by him, and now you live your life walking in him. And then that's, you, you know, you're saved and his remission applies to you, his remission for your sins. And you won't be apt to go back to those things, but it's not the works that save you. It's not doing good that saves you. It's your faith, your trust in the one who gave you the remission of sin, which is Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God, who was born in the flesh. See, it all comes back around. The gospel started at the birth, well, it didn't start at the birth of Christ. It started at God, you know, basically announcing that man needed a redeemer. But I mean, Jesus was from the foundation of the earth, but our atonement, permanent atonement, started at the birth of Christ, right? Is that fair to say? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Because it was the fulfillment of what the foreshadowed in the Old Testament would would come to. And now no longer do people have to have sacrifices. There's no high priest. The veil's been torn. You have direct relationship with God through Jesus Christ. 
You are the new temple. You are the new priest. If you're saved, Mm. and how you're saved is you're, you're born from above. You're born again in spirit, whereas you were born in the flesh the first time. You need to be born in the swaddling clothes, born again, and having that cover your flesh. And Jesus is, is, is that cover. You see? Jesus is that cover. And as you trust in him and look upon him, your sins are forgiven, and he will show you how to live aright according to God. And you don't have to do all the ordinances that were in the old covenant because they're, they're, they've been passed away. Yeah, that's been done away. When that, when that away. temple of the... Yeah, with that veil ripped from top to bottom. They say yeah. it was six inches thick, I think 40-some yeah. feet high. Yeah, God's showing, hey, you have direct access once you trust in my son, you know, in Jesus Christ. So this idea of the Levitical priesthood, that was done away with soon after Christ died on that cross. So but, this idea of having all types of priests and rituals and all this other stuff, that's the continuation of uh, the, the Pharisaic Judaism, essentially. Yeah. Well, you have that coming back with the Hebrew root groups who want to bring you back to Torah, and they emphasize on Torah. It's not saying that you don't obey the law, because we, we have a law, the commandment of Christ. There's actually two laws. Love the Lord God with all your heart, soul, and mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. And these encompass all the Ten Commandments. These encompass the command because you won't violate the commandments if you if you have that love for for that, uh, and, and you would obey uh, the commandment of Christ of love and the uh, uh, command of Christ to to follow Him. You don't need the ordinances. You don't need the 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 letter written by human hands or or by ordinances of of the Pharisees. The the Torah is no longer the written document. It's written in our hearts, and now you have salvation, and you recognize obedience to the commands by by your emphasis on following Christ. Now you look upon him for the obedience to God. Mm-hmm. And you know, just... you have you have the Old Testament laws, the the Torah and the 10 commandments, they still apply but they're not in a sense of letter, they're in a sense of principles. And uh and they still they're still active but you're not following letter anymore. The law condemns you're in debt to the law, but you want to be in debt to Christ, and then those those things against the law come off. Like, you know, you won't violate the laws. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Like he says, I will put my laws into your minds, and right. in, their, in your hearts I will write them. So intuitively, everyone knows God's perfect law of right, you know, right and wrong. Yeah. So, But we might not be fact, capable of following them unless we have the Spirit of Christ reminding us and bringing us into it. That's called mm-hmm. sanctification, folks. It's a big mm-hmm. word. It means that you're being worked on as the image of Christ. Absolutely. But you have to be saved to have this apply. Otherwise, you're in a in, in the cloak of flesh still. Your your flesh is rotting. It's corrupted. First Corinthians 15 says you need to have a resurrection. Your your mind needs res- resurrecting. Your body needs re- resurrecting. You can't live forever in these corrupt clothes. That we we are closed with, mm-hmm. so your 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 body has to be resurrected, and in the end it will. But your mind has to be resurrected. Your your spirit has to be resurrected, because corruptness can't adhere. Incor- uh, incorruptness. So your corrupt mind, your corrupt body, as it is in the flesh, cannot fathom heaven. 
So those that think they're going to heaven without having a Savior, they can't go to heaven because they're tainted. They don't have the Savior. They haven't accepted the Savior. So they're perishing. That's why every person needs to individually, personally come to Christ for the remissions of sins. Otherwise, they're perishing. And it's a sorry thing to say to tell somebody they're perishing. But it's common. It's just you're condemned already. I don't need to tell you. People know they're condemned. You know, when they just when they say, oh, I hope I go to heaven, means that they don't know. It means exactly. they're still searching how. And it's up to the duty of the Christian, the Bible, and the Holy Spirit of God to, to, to when they're open, to be there for them, to give them the key, to tell them how to be saved. And it's for anybody. It's for, you know, any Middle Eastern. It's for any pagan. It's even for any atheist. It doesn't matter. It's for any Buddhist. Anybody that needs to be saved needs to seek the Savior because Buddha yeah. ain't going to save you. In fact, right, Romans 8, 16 says, you know, the Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are the children of God. So you can yeah. know. It also says, these things have I written unto you that believe in the name of the Son of God that you may know that you have eternal life. So it's if you're hoping and you're wondering, it's indicative that you're not, you don't know. most likely not saved. Yeah. yeah. So, right, Buddha's not going to save you, Allah, Confucius, yeah. none of them. It's only, there's one door, and that's the door of the Lord Jesus Christ, God well, they, manifest in the flesh. They didn't do yeah. anything to sanctify you. They didn't do anything to rectify your sin against God. They say they do, but they didn't. There's no proof of them. There's nothing they did that has redeemed man. They're still in the tomb waiting for yeah. Judgment Day where the Lord Jesus resurrected and he's alive forevermore. Yeah, there's, there's proof yep. of that. Um, mm -hmm. they, his, 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 his grave was empty. And if people say he want, he, they want to say he was stolen, well, that ah. says that the Roman guard would, 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 uh, would be guilty. He'd be, you know. They'd execute him on the spot. They'd so execute you can guarantee him on the spot, he, yeah. He and guarded he that tomb with his life, literally. He knows, he knows how to guard a tomb, and yeah. there's no way. And he yeah. wasn't because they couldn't prove how he was gone, mm -hmm. and they couldn't say that he was stolen because the guard would be crucified. Yeah, right on the spot. Just, yeah. So he guarded with his life. So. That's one of the mysteries in life that, you know, one of the mysteries that they haven't solved. But, you know, we, we, we solve it. But then people will say, well, you know, that's fine for you guys that believe this stuff, but we don't believe it. Well, it's fine. Mm -hmm. You don't have to believe it. You could believe in your space gods. You could believe mm -hmm. in your, in your uh, uh, planet gods, Saturn. Mm -hmm. You can believe in fact, in, in, that gods are in trees. You could believe the tree gods or the mm -hmm. rock guards, gods or the cloud gods or any whatever you want. Maybe you don't believe in any gods. You just believe in the great spirit. You could believe in the great spirit as God. It doesn't matter, but are they going to save you in the long run? That's the thing. In, exactly. In fact, the historicity of the Lord Jesus Christ is irrefutable. In fact, there's no person in human history that has been documented more than the Lord Jesus Christ. So even uh, cultures hostile to Christianity wrote about the Lord Jesus Christ, that he died on the cross, that he was he resurrected. So the evidence is irrefutable. It wouldn't even make it into a court of law. They'd laugh it out. It's like, forget about it. It's not even a case. So the well, question that, is, did he exist? The question is, what are you going to do with him? And hopefully it's believe in him. So. Yeah, that's and that's just it. Um, 
it's there's there you know there's there not only is there a lot of proof for Christ and like you said Darren that his enemies wrote about him which proves that he existed your enemies weren't going to write about a fiction and be mm-hmm. threatened by a fiction right mm-hmm. uh, the Gemara writes about him the Talmud writes about him Josephus wrote about him as a contemporary historian there's enough evidence of of his written about him of who what he did and who he did you know or, or what he did and who he was then there is against the fact that he didn't exist but not only that he's the most attacked a- a character in history mm-hmm. as well mm-hmm. christianity and- is of the most attacked they'll say judaism too the jews are attacked but yeah they're attacked they're attacked as 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 a people but Christians are attacked as a, as as the culture and uh, and persecuted all the time. I got uh, I got an article right here. Government admits it was inappropriate to prosecute the Bible as offensive. They tried mm-hmm. to uh, make the Bible offensive, and you know mm-hmm. the more they do this LGBT stuff, and uh, the more they legitimize um, uh, corruptions, the more they're actually just trying to dismiss the influence of the Bible. They're trying to slap in the face God's morality. That's what they're mm-hmm. trying to do. But, there's, right. you know, I got another article, Democrats wage a holy war on Christian America. We'll talk about this, how there's anti, uh, there's um, racism, all this stuff about, you know, abortion and, and all this is against God. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we can bring this up next time, but. Question, what year is this? What year is this? What year are we in right now? Supposedly twenty twenty two. Twenty twenty two. Yeah. So the question is, what event in human history caused us to start documenting? Yeah, you know, yeah. Like year yeah. one. I mean, it's the start of our. Well, that's why they started naming it Common Era. Yeah, BC before Common Era, Common Era, but before these elites took over our modern yeah. society, it was. It was BC. always measured by the birth of Christ. Yeah, BC before Christ, yeah. AD would be a Latin Anno Domini for yeah. the year of our Lord. So. It's um, the man who split time, yeah. the Lord Jesus Christ. Yeah, you know, that's a good evidence. point because yep. for being insignificant, he's pretty significant. <laughs> you know? Good point. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, let's close man. with this. And uh, my website is jimdukeperspective.com. That's where you can uh, reach us. And uh, thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. God bless. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.